on before first pitch. You gotta put the ball in play. 0-2, he does put the ball in play. There down the right field line. One run is in, two runs are in. Abernathy being waved home. There is no throw at the plate. It's a double from Dane Leonard, a three-run double. With great non-conference series against the likes of Penn State, Xavier, Pitt, and Marshall, you do not want to miss this season. Smith ready, the 1-2, swing and a miss again. Smith gets out of it, he inherits two runners and no outs, and strands both of them at second and third. Join the sports staff as they cover the Mountaineers series for the Big 12 Conference this spring, right here on U92 with the Moose. That's the ball game. West Virginia takes down number 18, Texas in Morgantown. Do you like sports? How about a new perspective on it? It's the Spread in Your Podcast with myself, United 2 Sports Director, Tanner Labor, and my good friend from Michigan State, Ethan Hunter. We talk about everything from the NHL to pizza, college basketball, and golf. And whatever deep dive we have for you this week, it's the Spartaneer, a cross between East Lansing and Morgantown, with roots in Columbus. Join us weekly as we discuss and laugh about what's happened. Find it on your preferred podcast platform by searching the Spartaneer or at unitedtothemoose.com. That's S-P-A-R-T-A-N-E-E-R. Spartaneer. Welcome in. It's sports night here on U92. We've got a full house in the studio right now. There's one, two, three, four, five, six of us here as people are dying over in the corner. I'm Tanner Lambert. Tanner Mounts is here. Anissa Gallo's here. Luke Blaine's here. Zach Anderson's here. And the Big Mac's here, Brian McQuellen. What are you laughing about? Over here? Will you stop? <laughs> is it just the picture of can you me turn your phone from so the I can game? Uh, hold on. Nobody hold on. can hear you. Put the mic by your mouth really quick. Hold on. We, we, I, for those who don't follow. <laughs> God. No. All right. Go, go look at Luke's Blaine's Twitter to see what they're laughing about. Yeah. It's a picture I, of me. Did, did you notice that Hamilton and I turned our uh, Instagram profile pictures to that picture? Like Right now, currently? It's no, no, it was for like 24 hours. After no, I did not. Hamilton's isn't that anymore. Yeah. It's another photo. It, I'm still in it, though, I think. No, it's not. Oh, he updated it's, it again. No, no, it's, it's a picture with... Tanner in it. Right, that's what I thought. No, it's not that one anymore. Oh, really? Okay, whatever. You guys got to sit closer to the mic. We got a full house. We have six people. Trouble in Paradise with Hamilton, Tanner? Apparently. um, We are starting here with the WVU Hour tonight on Sports Tonight. Once we hit 8 o'clock, the sports, or 7 o'clock, excuse me, the sports page will start. It's a full night. It's going to be a full house all night. Uh, We'll start with the men's and women's basketball team, and then we'll move towards baseball as well. Um, For the men, they were home on Monday as they hosted the Oklahoma State Cowboys, and they got a pretty nice win, everybody. Uh, they moved to 5-10 and 10 in conference play, 16-12 and 12 overall. Um, and they, they, they beat them, but I feel like the score didn't really reflect some of the play within that game uh, going both ways. 
I, I thought West Virginia still struggled at times during that game. However, you're going to take that result every day. We're going to go in a circle here. So Tanner Mounts, you can start. Yeah, you, you kind of talked about saying how you know they got a win. It felt like they were literally like just handed this win with how Oklahoma State played. Uh, terrible turnovers in the first half, especially on that 16-0 run that the Cowboys were able to go on. And also, you mean that West Virginia went on? 16-0 run, yeah. Sorry, no, yeah. yeah. And yeah. then I confused the turnovers by the Cowboys. Yeah. Um, and then also shooting two of nineteen from the uh, behind the line is not going to get it done, especially in the Big Twelve. So, uh, I mean, credit to West Virginia—they didn't play well, but they played well enough to win a game like this where all things are going right. You just got to basically not screw it up, um, and they were able to do that and take advantage uh, at times of Oklahoma State's mistakes. So, uh, must must win game for the Mountaineers, and they got it. And it'll be nice to have this basically 20 point win over a quad one opponent yeah. uh on your resume right before right right before going into the big 12 tournament yeah and, and then luke you know the problem still remains that saturday they lost to texas tech and texas tech was able to get a win last night both teams are five and ten and when you're looking towards kansas city which is coming up here soon and you look at these overall standings we'll hear how it's going to go if it started today day one west virginia would play oklahoma and then None of the other teams play, right? And so the winner of that game would go play the one seed, which right now is the Kansas Jayhawks. And playing Kansas in the first round of the Big 12 tournament in Kansas City, we saw the same thing happen last year. It's a tough thing to do. And, uh, yeah, they get the win on Monday, but there's still a lot of work to do. Um, That was just about the standings really quickly, though. But let's go back to the game. You have three scorers and double figures in Key D, Trey, and Eric. Um, but then other than that, it's a lot of twos and fours from everybody else. What, what, what does that mean to you? Is that a good thing where you see Trey Mitchell get back going again? Or are you a little worried that Jimmy Bell only ends up with four and Joe Tucson only has three points and they're all from the free throw line. James Aconco has two. Kobe Johnson comes in, plays 10 minutes, has two points. Muhammad Wagi has six, but, uh, you might need to look for some more scoring from this team as, they need to spread the ball out a little more, or are you fine with it being the three scores? Well, I'm pretty happy with what it is right now, considering it was pre- previously it was just the two scores with usually with Stevenson and Keedy. So I think now you have Trey Mitchell stepping up. I mean, he's been kind of silent before this game scoring wise, and then he comes and scores his career high with 22. So I really I think you got to be happy with that right now. Of course, you do need everybody. I mean, nobody else has more than nine, so. You do need somebody else to step up. And I think it was kind of an uncharacteristic night from Joe Toussaint um, with his performance and trying to see how many. He had three, and they were all from the free throw line. Yeah, but only on 12 minutes, too. Right. So he gets more minutes. And, I mean, I'm overall pretty happy with the guard depth of this team. I think that I would be perfectly happy if Perez would have gotten approved I think that would have been great for this team guard wise well yeah but I think you know you have Keedy does a great job handling the ball you know Tucson can step in Stevenson is really coming into his own recently and I overall I mean if it's enough to win games then it doesn't matter right yeah Yeah. it it doesn't matter to me as long as they're winning you know I would like to now, I, I will say I am concerned about Jimmy Bell. I think that we would like to see a lot more production from him. 
overall, I do think his minutes, or not all of his minutes, but I do think that Wagi should be getting a lot more than what he's been getting and play a much bigger role. I mean, you saw it. It was like a spark whenever he came out there. He threw down that lob, and he had another dunk out there. He just provides a much better scoring presence on the inside than Jimmy Bell has recently. Yeah, and Zach, kind of with that, after the game on Monday, Coach Huggins said that, you know, it's nice to have that three-headed monster there with uh, Bell, uh, Wagi, and Aconquo, and we see how he kind of splits those minutes up depending on how each of them are playing that night. And, yeah, you could argue Wagi was playing the best, but then he takes that technical foul. And, <laughs> and, and, you know, if you were watching the game or if you were in the area of Morgantown, you probably heard Bob Huggins yelling after oh, he took yeah. that technical foul. Um, but he, Luke is right. He did provide a spark for this team. Any thoughts on that? Yeah, I definitely think there is some merit in what Huggins said. I mean, it's really it's a night-to-night basis from what I've watched, just from an outside perspective. West Virginia can get big performances from Jimmy Bell with rebounds and points. He had, I think it was 15 points earlier in the season. That was his uh, season high, I believe. And he can have a big role, but it's just... I think Wagee right now plays more of that spark plug role that West Virginia needs because when you're getting so much scoring out of Trey Mitchell and Eric Stevenson recently and Keedy, like you said, Luke, um, then this, I feel like some of the scoring pressure kind of comes off the bigs and they can do more of the stuff they, I guess, as a spark, like blocking shots, getting boards, and pushing the ball off the court. That's something that they can help with. And, you know, I, I do want to talk about Trey real quick just for a second. Just at, from a fan perspective, completely – Outside, it seemed like he was completely absent in the last. <laughs> it just, I, just watching, it felt like he was not scoring, was not making an impact, and even was playing less minutes. And then he comes out and plays 35 minutes against the Cowboys and scores 23 points. So his impact definitely should be a turnaround now after that performance. Yeah, Brian, you'd hope that Trey Mitchell's able to play better. And the most interesting thing to me, and he said it after the game too, was. You know, he was able to do that because he wasn't getting doubled in the post like he usually is. He only shoots one three. He doesn't make it. But, you know, we've seen a lot of Trey Mitchell from the outside. This time it's from, you know, 18, 16, 14 feet rather instead. And then he had a tomahawk slam dunk, a poster there too. Um, And it seemed like he really felt good. And with that confidence moving forward, you'd hope he'd be able to play better as well because this team's going to need that. Um, and, And you, as our resident, you know, basketball analyst right uh what 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 are you seeing from this team right now after that win you know i've said it from the beginning 18 is the magic number for this team you can't live and die with every game however that texas tech game has become more and more important with every single day yeah no for sure i mean well I, we said on the morning show i, I said I, I thought trey young uh, i'm sorry trey mitchell has had a big game coming from I think he's much better like when he is in the post. To be fair, as you said, he does get doubled a lot of the time. So I think down the stretch of the season, the keys for this West Virginia team is, I think, playing through Trey's. When, when Trey's at his best, where the Mountaineers are at their best, obviously along with uh, when Eric Stevenson's knocking down. When he shoots five for six from three, you'll, you know, you'll take that yeah. any night. Um, so I think if the, if the players play through Trey Mitchell a lot of the time, like he's a – uh, outside of the Texas game, he, he's, he's, a, he's a solid decision maker. So I think – the key is, you know, you just got to work through your best players. And, you know, you, you mentioned it with Luke. Um, you know, you have your, your top three players in Trey, Eric, uh, Trey, Eric, and uh, Keedy, and you, you're going to need more guys to step up down uh, the final uh, strength of the season. So, you know, the bench, the bench probably didn't produce as much as, we, uh, as much as we'd hope as fans. But, I mean, overall, it's definitely 
a, a big game coming off that Texas Tech loss. Yeah, and, and when you look at the box score, 39 rebounds to uh, 37 of Oklahoma State. Nine turnovers, though, to 18 of Oklahoma State. And West Virginia gets nine steals. Oklahoma State gets seven. So a lot of similarities there in some of the more important stats. Uh, and, and we already mentioned how bad Oklahoma State was just shooting in general. Uh, a measly 9%, one of 11 from beyond the arc. 30% from the floor. West Virginia was able to uh, shoot 40% from the floor and 43% or so from beyond the arc. Um, so it was a nice win, but now you've got to look forward, everyone, and uh, it, it's going to be a wild one on Saturday. Uh, you're going to head to Lawrence, go to Allen Fieldhouse. It's a 4 p.m. tip on ESPN playing number three Kansas. Yeah, the mood in the room kind of shows – what that what that feels like i think a little bit because it's so hard to go play in north we'll go around the circle again and start with tanner well i mean you kind of talked about it you think the magic number is 18 i think 18 is going to be a little bit closer than we thought a week or two ago um based off you know how the the bubbles kind of moved i think i think 18 will still be 18 will be close 19 for sure but i don't see us getting 19 i think we could get one more in the regular season i don't think it's kansas can going down going down there it's that's tough. Yeah, um, they are uh, six and nineteen against Kansas all time. But but they've part never of won in Lawrence, zero and ten Ooh. at Allen Fieldhouse. Yeah. Since been um, yeah. So not too confident to say the least. But you know, I honestly, you kind of talking about the standings. I think I want to be in that first game if I'm West Virginia. Because more games the better. Yeah, like I think I, I, I that's, get that idea. That's okay. because here. I mean, then in the second round you play. Kansas if you win if you don't play that first game you play Texas how much more likely are we to beat Texas than Kansas maybe maybe a little bit more you'd rather do that but then you well, know but you, you you also don't you have a chance to pick up that win against Oklahoma I, I I think that's fair which I don't I think that's at that it would be a neutral side I think that'd be a quad two but like that's just another win that you could be able to pick up yeah I it might not that. do that much but it still does a little bit more where when you're on that bubble where you're sitting there fighting for that absolute last spot right now. Yeah. That that could be a big one. Like I, I, I do think that that's a really good point you just made. Um, because, yeah, play, and the thing is, too, you know, right now Kansas and Texas are tied across the board besides overall record, uh, and, and Kansas has one more win. So they would be the one seed if it were to start today. So, I mean, it could look a lot different here in about 10 days when this seeding gets finalized for the Big 12 tournament. Yeah, and also if – Texas is able to jump Kansas. Like I'd rather, I think I'd rather play Texas. Like I, I, I don't know if I'd rather. Like if I had to pick one, I'd rather play Texas. So if Texas takes that one, then I definitely want that that extra game because yeah. you get the extra game and you get to play Texas rather than starting with Kansas. Yeah, but well, also you think about like they're in Lawrence or well, no, it's, it, it's it, a, Kansas City, but a, you know, it the might Can- as well be a Kansas. The, the Kansas, the Kansas fans will be there, right? But more than the Kansas and Kansas State, they'll fill up the place more than any other. Yeah, so I truly believe that best case scenario would be falling behind Texas Tech and Texas getting ahead of Kansas, beating Oklahoma, and then maybe having a shot to knock off Texas, which I think you have a better chance at than beating Kansas. Um, And then you're then you're in for sure if you're able to win those two. Yeah, I got you, Uh, Anissa. This team's upcoming schedule. We'll get back to Kansas, but I want to ask you: they have. The Kansas kind of trip, or the what do you want to call that? The corn trip, I guess. They're going to go to <laughs> the Iowa. The cornfield trip. Yeah. yeah. They're going to go play Kansas on the road. Then they'll go play uh, in Ames on Monday. And then they'll have five days off and play Kansas State at home on senior night. Um, I said three of four on Monday morning, and that counted winning against Oklahoma State. 
Is there two wins here that you see? Because if they get those, I think they're a lock for the tournament. Um, and I, I'm not being facetious there whatsoever because, I mean, there's a very real possibility that every team in this conference could make the tournament. It would require Oklahoma going and winning the entire Big 12 tournament. But it could happen. That's how tight this conference is. Because it's not like Oklahoma's constantly getting blown out either, right? It's hard to win on the road in this conference. And then they've just dropped a couple at home. And so, I mean, this is an Oklahoma team that beat Alabama by 30 at one point. Like, don't don't forget that. Um, but, you know, a tough schedule ahead. But, I mean, do you think they could potentially win two or three? I think the most winnable ones would probably be Iowa State and obviously maybe Kansas State. The last time they played Kansas State back in December, they were at home in the Coliseum, and it was a very close game. A lot of missed and, free throws. Just Mountaineers just couldn't pull it off. I mean, that was a common theme with them earlier in the season. They just couldn't get their free throws. They were just constantly missing them. And, I mean, they still kind of fall into those familiar patterns with missing free throws and missing really obvious shots that should be made. But I think with the progress they made in the past few games and the lessons that they've learned, obviously, because Coach Huggins has talked a lot about how, you know, they just need to kind of make up for it and move on with themselves now. Like, they can't kind of dwell on the past. Um, I think they definitely have the chance to pull out wins at Kansas State and with Iowa State because, again, two teams that they faced before, they won against Iowa State. Kansas State was a really close game. They can do it. They just need to not make those small mistakes that they have been making in the past that have kept them from those games. Yeah, I, I, I agree with that. Uh, Zach, when I'm looking here at this Texas Tech men's schedule, just to compare, uh, they've got uh, TCU on Saturday, then they're at Kansas as well, and then they play Oklahoma State. TCU and Kansas, both very good teams. Obviously, we've been talking about Kansas. And then that Oklahoma State team has been on quite a run. West Virginia kind of beat them off of that um, as they fought really hard to get back into it. Um, so I think that that's quite interesting. And then Oklahoma as well, Kansas State, Baylor, and then at Texas Tech. So the bottom three teams in this conference, um, they all kind of have some similar schedules. Two of the three play Kansas. If you are able to do what you can and West Virginia is able to find a way to win, do you see that happening or, or no? And do you kind of agree with Tanner Moore that you'd rather than play in that first game? Uh, first off, I do agree with Tanner Moore. I think that you want those extra games in the Big 12 tournament just for an extra notch on your belt when you're talking about bracketology and the NCAA tournament. But I do want to go back to what Anissa said, and we need, we need to talk about Iowa State because that, that's a game that I think is kind of 50-50 for the Mountaineers. And Iowa State's 13-1 and in the Hilton Coliseum and Ames. And that's going to be a, a tough game for the Mountaineers traveling into Ames to get a win. And the Kansas State game is definitely one that's winnable for West Virginia at home. Played them before and really, like Anissa said, came down to some missed free throws. So all, all these bottom Big 12 teams that have similar schedules are going to be, it's going to be a bloodbath down there. I mean, fighting for those, those last seeding spots in the Big 12 tournament and what it will come down uh, there. So Tech and Oklahoma State, I mean, Oklahoma State was Iowa State's only home loss. Right. Which is crazy in the Big 12 because Oklahoma State kind of in that mid-tier pack of the Big 12, low mid-tier, and they knocked off Iowa State in their own stadium. So anything can happen in the Big 12, and those last three teams are all on their own runs right now. doing their, like, they're, they're all doing well in their own right, and that'll be something to watch going into the tournament, definitely. Yeah. 
I, I think so. Um, Brian, what, what are your thoughts on this kind of? And then also, it, when you look back at that schedule and you really look at those first five games where West Virginia started 0-5, they're 5-5 five and five in the last 10. They could very well be you know, a 500 team right now looking at playing Baylor or Iowa State rather instead. And so when you look at those early season losses, they hurt a lot more now than I think they even did at the time when you were 0-5 in the conference. Um, give me some insight there and what, what your thoughts are and what you'd rather see maybe. Yeah, I mean, we've, we've said it on here millions of times. It, it really came down to free throws, like those, those first five games. The Oklahoma State game, I believe they were like 17. The Mountaineers were 17 for like 34 from the foul line, and that game you uh, went into overtime. So obviously that, that's known, the free throws are a problem, but last couple of games they haven't been as, as bad. When it comes to this final stretch, as you guys said, you, you know, the Mountaineers, they're going to have to, they're going to have to get two wins out of this. So, you know, realistically, Saturday in Lawrence, I don't, I don't know the chances they pulled that one out. I mean, they're yet to win. Uh, they're yet to win at Kansas, as you said, 0-10. So, I mean, I think it's honestly tough because at Iowa State, it's not getting any easier. So you got to get two out of these three. So I think it's just going to come down to limit turnovers. And uh, you got to come out strong because we've seen a couple of times this Mountaineer te- uh, team has, you know, they've had moments where they start off games really slow, and that comes to bite you. At the, end, at the end of the game. And you said it, like the first five games, they, they are just as important as the last five. So, again, nothing you can do to change it, but you got to get two out of three here, Tanner. Yeah, and, and when you look at the conference as a whole, the average net ranking is 27. The next Big Ten second at 58. I mean, the Big 12, like, like Zach said, it's not even just at the bottom. The entire conference Everywhere. is really just a, a, a Hunger Games cornucopia bloodbath where – they are all very good, and if this was, if they all weren't in this conference, they'd all be you know at the tops of every other conference. In, in, in the going nation. back to what Eric Stevenson said on Twitter the other day, talking about or said in a press conference, I should say that West Virginia would be one of the best teams in the ACC. So yeah, I mean they they beat Pitt by twenty, and Pitt's at the top of the ACC. Exactly. So I I agree with you there. I mean it is just crazy how good. Uh, this this conference is, and West Virginia now has to make some things happen. Uh, to continue their postseason hopes. But then when you think about it, too, if this team can just find a way to sneak into the NCAA tournament, there's no reason why you don't see them making the second weekend, potentially. Uh, uh, the latest Lenardi that I saw, the only other Big 12 team that was in the same quadrant a- a- as West Virginia was Kansas, and they were in the bottom right quadrant. I think that's the east, maybe. I, I or no, that would be the Midwest because Kansas would be the one seed. I think is what it is. Somebody can look that up. Everybody's got a computer in front of them. I see Oklahoma State as in well. the East and Baylor as well was a two seed in the East as of right now. Is West Virginia in that one? Yeah, they're the twelve seed in the East right now. And Joe Lenardi's bracketology. And then is that with Bama? Uh, no, Purdue's the one seed on that side. Okay, well we've seen this team play Purdue too, and that was a winnable game as well. Absolutely. Um, but I mean, if you can make the tournament. I think the second weekend could be a real possibility for this team, but they've got to get what's done in front of them first. They can't look ahead, but we, we can certainly look ahead. And Mounts, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, I definitely think they could win a game or two. The issue is the inconsistency of the Mountaineers is what worries me a little bit. Um, Three and one in, in neutral site games. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I get that. And those are all on the West Coast. So. It, the issue is, I mean, which shooting team's going to show up? Because you got to be able to shoot in March. Um, so... I mean, if one of, if the shooting team, if the if the poor shooting Mountaineers show up, we we're not good enough to make up for that. Uh, like we're not that good of a defensive team to make up for poor shooting, uh, rebounding, really anything else. Uh, we're not big enough. 
it really just comes down to can we shoot the ball the nights that we shoot the ball well as a team we 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 fare to do pretty well but there's been too many nights where you just see everything collapse for the mountaineers and especially shooting wise and it gets out of hand 20 30 points and yes those are those are good teams but um like it, it still happened like lenardi has playing uconn if we don't shoot well against uconn we're not beating UConn. And UConn's um, a tough defensive team too. Yeah, and, I mean, and you get by you get by UConn, and then you have the Zags. Uh, you got to shoot well to play the Zags, to beat the Zags. Are those teams beatable? I mean, absolutely. West Virginia, I think they could play with most teams in the country. But the issue is the inconsistency. You just don't know which one's going to show up. So, I mean, I could see us maybe winning a game, maybe winning two. I don't see us getting past um, much further than that, but. Yeah, I mean, you, you never know. know. If you get hot at the right time, that's all that matters, though, right? It's, it's March. That's what it's about. Go ahead, Anissa. What do you, well, what do you got for me? I mean, we're not the only ones that are looking at the bracketology every single day. I feel like we are, like you guys at least, are scrutinizing it along with millions of other people. But, you know. I, I'm not scrutinizing. I'm just going through it because everybody I, talks about, about it every happening. single day, which is totally fine. Every I don't, college basketball game you watch. Uh, I mean, I mean it, it moves. Yeah. I told Tanner yesterday, I said, I don't really follow it because, like, it just it's, it's changes, so yeah. it's not like <laughs> it's not why would real. I really care that I love much? It. I'm a big bracketology guy. I mean, it's I love fun it. to look at, like seeing Eric all the Stevenson teams. But it's not final. Well, that's that. the thing. That's what I was gonna say. Like Bob Huggins in that press conference, because someone asked him about the team looking at bracketology every day. He said, "If it keeps Eric busy and out of my business, I'm all for it." <laughs> yeah. So he's just straight up hating on Eric. Yeah. I mean, not actually hating, but he's just fed up, and he wants Eric to leave him alone. Yeah. No, I mean. But you know, if, if, if that works as motivation for this team, then sure, go right ahead, right, Luke? I well, or, or Nisa, let you me finish. just finish yeah, this yeah, real yeah. quick. Sorry, Sorry they're, I sharing, think... they're sharing a mic. Okay, let, let me rip the mic. <laughs> I think it's kind of like uh, you know, damned if you do, damned if you don't. They really can look at this bracketology and be like, okay, we're gonna go face this team. But if they just focus on it all the time. I think they're going to lose sight of what they actually need to do, which is win, you know, these next few games with opponents that they've faced before and they've been really close with before and they haven't been able to pull these wins out. So, I mean, I'm kind of hesitant to be like, yeah, you know, keep looking at it, but, you know, again, like Tanner was saying, if it gives them motivation and kind of keeps them pressing forward, then go for it. I just don't think they can get obsessive over it. I have a question. Oh god. <laughs> Luke, we got to hit a break here. I mean, in four minutes. How long is this? No, I'm kidding. If if the Mountaineers win this game on on Saturday, yeah. In if if lightning strikes and they win this a pig, like if lightning on. strikes a well, pig okay. on Saturday, yeah. yeah. Like, do, do you think this team? Like, do you think like that's automatically no? I mean, that, that, you don't that, think so? That'll no. put them at 17 and 12, 6 and 10 in the conference. But I, I mean, what be, you're saying, but well, I mean, beating the number three be, team in the be country. A quad win on the road. You could argue that would be one of the best wins of the year because it's a road win against a top five team. I, as far as the, like, they will jump up and every. I mean, they'll probably be a top twenty five team. They do that. Oh yeah. That that that's how crazy that can be. I agree with you. I don't know if it makes them a lock for the tournament no. because you still got two games left, and if you get killed in those, then no way. Yeah. It, However, if they do go in there and win, it, it'll be hard to say. Well, no. I'll, even at that, say you beat kansas and you drop the iowa state game that makes the and you beat k state then i think you're fine yeah, yeah because iowa state what, what are they ranked right now i think they're just out 23rd, 23rd. Yeah. yeah then i mean even if wvu shoots up like that and they drop the iowa state game at iowa state yeah 
hate you. Um, <laughs> if they drop the Iowa State game at Iowa State, then I don't think that looks as bad. No, especially I agree if that. they can beat Kansas State. Here, here's the issue with being a bubble team and like saying, "Oh, is this? Are, are we a lock?" Um, is you've you've seen is you've seen a team teams like North Carolina go on runs uh, in their conference tournament win that we saw it last year in the ACC with Virginia Tech. Georgetown's done it in the Big East. Um, could a Not team under Patrick Ewing? They've been terrible under Patrick Ewing. <laughs> I'm just saying, what was it? It was like three years ago they won it all. They were like 12 and 12 and won the Big East. That was like the COVID year, maybe, was it? I I don't I'm pretty sure it was with Patrick Ewing. They, were, they weren't good. They were literally like a 12 and they were like a 500 team that went on, or they were like three games below 500, went on to win the Big East, made the tournament. Yeah. Like, you, you, Are you saying this team's going to go win the tournament? No, I'm not oh, saying oh. that. I'm not saying that West Virginia is going to win the tournament. I'm saying as a bubble team, you have to watch. How many of those teams are going to – is that sure. going to happen to this year? Because yeah. it happens every year. So it was three, in 2021, by the way. I looked it up. Yeah, so it was two okay, years yeah, ago. Um, <laughs> so you see it where if three t- three of those teams, four of those teams go on a run and pull out this win that you know other teams in the conference are already a lock, but they've now just secured a spot that they weren't going to have, that bumps the bubble down one spot each time something – like that happens yeah. so like yeah you could clinch as okay yeah we have one of the last four buys by winning that game and then all of a sudden you see a team like north carolina win this spot then that's one back that's one down uh penn state wins the big 10 that's one down like yeah, i'm not no, saying those things are happening but there's crazy things like that you have to watch out for that makes the conference tournament so exciting and like it gives you other teams that root against and all that it's it's amazing all right, Zach and Brian, final thoughts before we hit a break. Hey, Mountaineers are going to win Saturday. That's all I got to say. Oh, listen to him. Do you guarantee <laughs> it? Do you, no, are you going? Guaranteed uh, on go Friday Charles. Morning. Go what? Charles. Are you guaranteeing it like Charles Barkley? Go ahead. There's no guarantees in life, 10 amounts. I don't <laughs> I, I, the I, only I, guarantee is that you can have a smile on your face. Is that, yeah. he's, smil- he's been smiling since he stepped in here. <laughs> hey, I'm in a good mood, man. He's in a good mood. Uh, I mean, <laughs> I, I I don't know what the, I don't know what to say after that, but I kind of eliminated the Kansas game. I'll be honest. I I, I know you're confident, and and both of you guys are confident, but I feel like that game's kind of eliminated for the Mountaineers being 0 and 10 in Lawrence all time. That's a crazy stat. The, be- the best thing that they can do is keep it close. Is look good. Yeah, that's the best thing I, they can definitely. do. So none of us but Brian are seeing a win. I mean, I it's not like I'm rooting against them. I I it will be a tough yeah. I'm not to either. Play and win. It would take. Some kind of freak thing, like they had on Monday. and some kind of freak thing to happen. I think it's. I look. Uh, odds are probably not. I. I don't think it's out of the question. I don't think. No, there's... because when you think about it, you know, when Kansas came in here, West Virginia was favored to win. Yeah. Uh, and Kansas starts seven to seven from three. Right. They were down twenty-one to six. Yeah. I mean, how, how often? How often have they done that? Right. You know? Well, Bill yeah. Self said never seen that. So yeah. I'm, ju- I'm just saying, like, it would take not only a great, take a per- great performance from West Virginia, probably, yeah. but you'd also need Grady Dick to shoot like yeah. one of eight from three. You would need. You need. You would need Harris. You have to contain him. You need. You need Harris to have six or seven turnovers. Yeah. Like there are things that you just need to happen. And Kansas has so many guys. If you contain yeah. Grady Dick, and even if you contain Jalen Wilson too, they got other guys that can beat you. Dewan Harris, KJ Adams is that really good right. big they have? So yeah, there's no, lots of guys that can beat you. I agree with you guys. What you're saying there. For more analysis of that Kansas game, tune in early Friday morning. We'll be here. It's beat the clock. Uh, and, and you can get your smile quote. I'll be there that time. Well. I'll be there this time. Yeah, it was me and Brian on Monday. We only. beat the clock, Tanner. It's we beat fine. the clock. 
whatever. We'll hit a break. When we come back, we'll talk women's basketball and get into some baseball quickly as well. It's sports night right here on U92. Have you been missing out on quality sports content? Don't look any further than right here at U92 The Boost. Wednesday night, 6 to 10, it's the sports page. You know, the defense kind of gets lackadaisical. Man. That's, Obviously. A, that's a big word, Brian. Yeah, I don't know how to spell it, so don't ask. <laughs> <laughs> you know what that means, Sean? Lackadaisical? I don't even know what it means. It just sounded right. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> last, they, uh, they get lax in their they, effort. They get maybe. lax? Yeah. Oh, okay. Maybe. Missed it? Don't worry. Subscribe to the podcast and at U92TheMoose.com. Baseball season is back on U92. Catch every home game on 91.7 with coverage starting a half an hour before first pitch. you got to put the ball in play. 0-2. He does put the ball in play. Fair down the right field line. One run is in. Two runs are in. Abernathy being waved home. There is no throw at the plate. It's a double from Dane Leonard. A three-run double. With great non-conference series against the likes of Penn State, Xavier, Pitt, and Marshall, you do not want to miss this season. Smith ready, the one-two, swing and a miss again, Smith gets out of it, he inherits two runners and no outs, and strands both of them at second and third. Join the sports staff as they cover the Mountaineers series for the Big 12 Conference this spring, right here on U92 with the Moose. That's the ball game, West Virginia takes down number 18 Texas in Morgantown. The Don Plitzawide era begins this season for Mountaineer women's basketball. Hear all the play-by-play here on U92. Here's Dean Saltine driving down low, looking for the left. Count it! And the foul! Oh, what a bucket! Tie game with the free throw to go! Coverage of every single home game for Mountaineer women's basketball with pregame coverage beginning 30 minutes before tip-off here on 91.7 FM, U92 The Moose. Hi, I'm Sean Tansky. And I'm Tanner Meadows. Subscribe to our podcast, TNT with Tanner and Tansky, on your preferred podcast platform. We talk all the sports world fun. Join us for our daily heat checks of the sports world and on Funky Fridays for the weekly sports question, right here as part of U92. in to the U92 studios here. It's sports night, and very quickly, Luke Blaine What's your does question, not know Tanner? what I'm about to ask him. We kept journalism ethics into it. My yep. heart's racing. I'm very oh, nervous. Boy. Really? Welcome to my life, Tanner. How did the Applebee's go? Did we get a phone number on Monday night after the game? She was not there. Oh, no. She Luke was not Blaine there. was hyping up. He was going to go... Ask I I, ha- I have a story. Let, let me. He let... was gonna go. At, he tried to give her a rose. I was I was gonna classy. ask her out. I, I, was, I was I was laying, I'm laying the groundwork right he now. He's trying Tony. to riz her up. Uh, yeah, I, no. I did riz her right, up. And right, stop! 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 We're not gonna talk like that. Let's tell the story really quickly about <laughs> okay. what you did on Valentine's Day. So, Tuesday, Valentine's Day, we had. He goes to the Applebee's with Jonathan Hamilton. <laughs> no, not that oh, night. No, that, no, that, that idea. 
<laughs> so I, I had the uh, BCM. I'm in a ministry group on campus, and a bunch of the guys put together a bunch of roses with like Bible verses attached to them to give out all the girls. We had some left over, and we go to Applebee's after every BCM trip. And I was like, guys, I'm gonna go in there and I'm gonna talk up a waitress. Oh man! And we get that, that this way- horrible. <laughs> <so you know. laughs> we we get the and we got. I mean, a really pretty waitress. I will say, you know, hopefully, hopefully you're out there. <laughs> but <laughs> so, so my my buddy, I was like, guys, I'm gonna I'm gonna do it. And the one guy, the one guy I knew who didn't hear, he just didn't hear what I said. He hands her all of them and is like, here, go ahead. We're handing these out to people. Hand these out to your coworkers. Aww. Listen, listen, no, I I had no, the clutch comeback. I had the clutch comeback. As we're sitting there, I'm thinking of what to do. What can I say to her? What, what can I – how can I show her a fine gesture on this Valentine's Day? <laughs> look up – I get on my phone. I go to YouTube. <laughs> and, I, and I look up how to fold a rose out of a napkin. Okay. I'm proud of you. Yeah, proud yeah. Of you. Okay. I, I did it. Is I did it. Some origami. Yeah, yeah. I did, I did my origami. You, yeah. I'm not going to go into the in- intricacies <laughs> of napkin roses, but – I gave it uh, so. What I said after she gave us our cards back was, "Hey, it's my buddy. I, <laughs> hey, I my buddy gave you all those roses. I wanted to make sure I was able to give you one myself. And I will say they they keep the lighting a little bit dim at Applebee's. <laughs> they, they keep the lighting a little bit dim, but I think there was a blush there. I I genuinely believe." Can you prove that a blush was no, present? No, no. I, I cannot. But yeah, I will say we were there again yesterday, and I asked – that we had a different waitress, and I asked, hey, is she is she here tonight? And, you know, she was like, no, it's actually her birthday. And I said, tell her the guy who gave her a napkin <laughs> rose. <laughs> tell, tell her the guy who gave her a rose folded out of a napkin told her happy birthday. Oh, my God. All right, there you go. Luke Blaine, story of the week. Just, just horrible, horrible. I don't know if we should have shared that on air, but that's fine. That's fine. Whatever. Um, okay, let's 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 talk baseball first. Let's not go right to women's basketball after that story. Uh, the baseball team, uh, they they were able to get a ranked win yesterday. They started the season off in Georgia Southern. They went one and two against Georgia Southern, who's projected to finish at the top of the Sun Belt. They beat the day three starter. Abernathy looked great day one. Pitched six shutout innings, I think, is what ended up going on Friday. Couldn't get a hit. Lost the game close. Kind of the same thing happened again on Saturday, uh, although maybe not quite. And then they get the huge win on Sunday. But then yesterday, they were in College Park, and they beat a, a ranked team in Maryland, which was nice to see. So a 3-4 loss, a 6-2 loss, and a 13-4 win, and then a nice Nine to six or eight to six, excuse me. That computer's too far away from my eyes. Uh, win yesterday against number thirteen Maryland on the road, and uh, I will start with Zach very quickly. Zach, you said that yesterday they started fast, but they weren't really hitting well towards the end of that one. Do you think that's because they had the lead or what? Yeah, I think they might have got a little complacent, and you know, I, I caved and paid ten dollars for ES or Big Ten Plus to watch that game. Are you serious? And it was awful, by the way. The the broadcast was terrible, hey, but that's that's another story. Broadcasters, let them be. They're doing the same thing we're doing. All right, Big okay. Ten Plus. Way okay, okay. I'm sorry. I apologize to Way Big to Ten go. Plus out there. I, I'm but calling my buddy Ethan Hunter. He calls him up there at Michigan State. The announcers know? weren't bad. Yeah, okay. It was the production, like okay. the cameras and stuff. I, anyway, I that's not about that. Yeah, that's not important. But they they started out, you know, seven to zero and. It was a great pitching. You know, they it was a perfect game through. I think two innings, two full innings. It was a perfect game. 
Uh, I'm not sure who the starting pitcher was. Let me pull that up real quick. Um, no, I shouldn't have come to you first, I guess. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm kidding. The starting pitcher was... Uh, Way to go. You are, this is great radio. Anissa, you can hop on. <laughs> sorry. Because, okay, know. sorry. Well, anyways, I think it was David Hageman was the starting pitcher. Yeah, I, you were right. Okay. I was not going to help you out. <laughs> okay, well, anyways, he did a great job through the first uh, two innings. And then the Mountaineers were hot on the bats and then got a little complacent late in the game. And, I mean, Maryland hit two homers off of Aiden Major back-to-back and for a total of three runs there. So it, it was a tough second half for the Mountaineers, but they closed it out, and you'll definitely – want to see a more of a full game in the next one against Arizona, the next series against Arizona, I should say. I mean, it's always nice to, like, open up with a nice 500 schedule. You know, you got two wins, two losses. Um, I watched the game Friday night, the first one, and I texted Tanner. I was getting unbelievably frustrated. So many runners were left stranded on the bases. Like, I... I, if I went back, I would probably get mad at it again. <laughs> it was just like... 11, left on base again. Friday? Yeah. And what about Saturday? I think I was watching either Friday or Saturday. No, it was definitely Friday. I was just... I was so mad. Like, how are you leaving them on bases? Like, these were... They also left 11 on, on Saturday These were well. runners in scoring position. Like, you had runners on both corners. You left... Like, I think it was... I want to say it was um, Braden Barry who had, like, a triple... And they left him stranded. Like, couldn't even get him in. I think he maybe had, like, one out when he hit that. Couldn't even get him in at all. So they're just leaving all these runners on base. And I know, like, I said, Tanner, I said, I'm going to give them benefit of the doubt. Beginning of the season, you know, getting the rust off, working the kinks out. Yeah, Georgia Southern's able to practice outside all year round. Yeah, Unfair. Uh, just no, like, it, I mean, it's true, though. Like, it's that's true. Really you mean, can't help it, but it, right. it's No, it's one of those advantages that being a team – you know, up there. That's why the SEC is so good in baseball. Being here, it just, you know, the Mountaineers being here doesn't really do them yeah, that much the, good. No, the, the last team to win a College World Series that's above the Mason-Dixon line was in the 1960s. So That's a really interesting stat. I, yeah. <laughs> wow. Uh, it, wow. It, 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 it's a real difference. I mean, we, the Mountaineers have gotten really lucky with the weather that we've been having up here in Morgantown. It's been getting a lot better, and they've had some days where they can go out and practice at Wagner Field, you know. I've gone there, I've watched them practice, and they seem to, you know, be taking advantage of it. Maisie, when we had him on during the pledge drive, said that, you know, they're taking advantage of all the really nice weather that they're having right now because, again, the Mountaineers don't get that much playing time outside practicing before the season starts, so they have to jump at every single opportunity to play in the elements because – you know, it's not going to be 75 and sunny in the middle of March or the end of March here. Like, I hate, I hate to break it to everybody. <laughs> it might be because of this weather we've been having. Yeah. It's going to yeah. be 71 tomorrow. But they just need to kind of, like, adjust, and that's what they've been doing. But, you know, teams will always have certain advantages, high altitudes, low altitudes. You know, I wanted to mention, like to your point, um, <clears throat> excuse me, there was a specific play on the Saturday game against Georgia Southern where Mountaineers had bases loaded and Grant Hussey struck out on a full – I'm not trying to attack him, but no, Grant, Hussey, Grant Hussey struck out on a full count, and that's just something with bases loaded. The Mountaineers need to you convert runs that. there, because, and you can't leave guys stranded. Right, that was a problem that they had last year, too, and, and yeah. we were hoping that maybe they could find a remedy to that. Maybe they will, um, and, and so I get what you're saying. But, again, it's very early. They are 2-2 two and two right now with a top – 
15 win in the country. That's definitely going to be good. You know, last year they missed out on the tournament because of a couple home losses to Canassius. You hope you don't look back here in early April, late April, and then into May and say, well, that Georgia Southern series was really something that they should have taken advantage of. They're on the road still. They're, they won't play here uh, until uh, March 8th, funny enough, against Canassius. Uh They will <laughs> play a series against Arizona before they do a nice exhibition against the Diamondbacks. Final thought there, Zach, real quick. Oh, I was going to ask you oh. and any, anybody here for their opinion on that Diamondbacks exhibition and what no, they think they'll it's see. No, it's definitely cool. It's because Ken Kendrick, the owner of the D-backs, is – a WVU alum, mm-hmm. um, and, and so they make it fun. Uh, I think last year they lost 5-4. They played a really tight game. Wow. Yeah. Uh, and, and it's also helping the dining backs as they're dining back. Diamond backs as they're in. The dining spring. backs, yeah. What? The dining backs. <laughs> okay. Well, Diner backs. Let's move on. Right. We're going to Don Plitz White's team now, a team that I'm very excited about. Seven. I just wait. I want oh, one more okay. thing. All right. Another thing that made me mad about oh. the team. This is why she needs a podcast. <laughs> No, they had, podcast. no, just Anissa just talking about what makes her mad. I think oh. it would get <laughs> it would get tons of ratings. They had it would. they had two errors in one inning. <laughs> like it's early. One, I know yeah, it's, it's, one, it's a half. But these were errors made by veterans. Like you had Tevin Tucker routine ground ball, yeah, and he overthrew it completely. Like it wasn't even close. To be fair, last season he wasn't a big part of the lineup. And I think now he's being thrusted into that leader leader spot. So that's I don't not nothing against him, but he's definitely being thrusted into a role that he wasn't used to last season. So. Yeah. All right, Don Plitz. Yeah, we're team. done now. Seven and seven <laughs> in the conference, sixteen and nine overall. They play tonight down in where Anissa say it for us all, so we can understand where it is. No, please. No, we can hear you. You're too far away from Lubbock. And where? <laughs> say it again. That is. Texas. Tejas. <laughs> Lubbock. Is that L- not how you Lubbock. Say- I said Lubbock before. No, you never... said Lubbock, and I was you like, no, it's Lubbock. You said Lubbock. You said Lubbock. Okay, you well, said Lubbock. I mispronounced. Well, Lubbock, they got real nice, clean drinking water there, and whatever. I don't know what else. I'm usually nice to you. It's nothing. Fun. There's nothing there. He's making, fun of how, he's making fun of how I talk. Yeah. I, I get it, too, from a lot of people. You guys. You, you have a really strong Midwestern accent. You guys say downtown. You guys, a lot. <laughs> <laughs> hey, can you say that one more time? Yeah, downtown. You know, he says it with the AH instead of the OW. Sarah you Bates. That. You say it. You say it. It's, the, it's the Pat McAfee. <laughs> I was right. Shut up. You can't. You, tell me you don't hear a difference. One more time, please. Downtown? <laughs> downtown? That's what I shut up. All right, Annunciations, Lambert. Uh, Annunciations. Well, uh, you know I can't enunciate and I can't walk. So let's let's get over the fact <laughs> of that. All right, and can we please talk about this basketball? Team? Yeah. All right, they're at Texas Tech tonight down in Lubbock, and uh, <laughs> this is a team that they've already beaten this year, uh, sixty-seven to fifty-seven. It was kind of a tight game. Brian, did you yeah, see that game? Yeah, I called that game. Yeah, with yeah. Coach Gerlich after the game of the Red Raiders. <clears throat> Um, she wasn't happy with the way that her team performed. Uh, West Virginia played really well around the perimeter defensively uh, against them. And um, Tech was missing one of their best players, if I remember yeah. that correctly, I think. So we'll see what happens tonight. Uh, but then they play K-State at home on Saturday, a game right here on U92. Who's on that one that's in the room right now? Anybody? Sean and I. Oh, Anissa, calling her first game. I will be the analyst, and Sean will be doing play-by-play. Yeah, so tune into that one on Saturday night, and then they got Oklahoma State on Wednesday. That'll be Brian and I, and then they go to Baylor, and then it'll be Kansas City time. This team also on the bubble. They've made their way onto it. Uh, they were the last four in when I looked on Monday. 
and, and the picture at the top included J.J. Quinterly, uh, which is exciting to see. Um, and they're getting kind of hot at the right time, everyone, and I think that that's an exciting thing. There she is. She's still at the top of the page, last four in. Um, and, yeah, the Texas game was bad over the weekend, uh, but they were able to beat Kansas last week, and they beat Iowa State the game before that. So two out of three is not bad, and this is a Tech team you've already beaten, and then it's a K-State team you've already beaten. Oklahoma State you haven't beat, but then you've already beaten Baylor. So three of the next four opponents they have, they've beaten. Uh, and I think that that's going to bode well for them. I think they got to get to at least 20 to be in. What do we think? Anybody? Somebody talk? I think 20. That's 20? pretty good. Yeah. That's a nice little round number for them, especially since – a lot of people didn't have high expectations. Well, I, for the I don't team. know. If I'm not saying like you specifically schedule. or anybody here. I'm just saying people outside. Yeah, I, I, I think that it was we didn't know what to expect. More yeah, it was just kind of like you had a, basically an entirely new roster. Correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, besides maybe besides three or four, a f- like yeah. handful of people, and then you got a new, staff. new coach, yeah. new staff. You have new people coming in. You don't know what to expect. So. People were kind of right being hesitant, but now they're being shown, okay, this Mountaineer team is legit. They are able to pull out these clutch wins. They have girls that can go in and dominate on the court. So they have a really good chance of, you know, getting in easily. Yeah, I, I, I think so, Brian. Yeah. Maybe maybe the best backcourt yeah, I, I've said it. Defen- defensively, yeah, yeah, without yeah. a doubt. Yeah. Obviously, offense, you know what they can do. Um, but I just want to go back to the Texas Tech game a little bit. Uh, obviously, you know, we said we called that game. And um, the Mountaineers did a great job of guarding Brianna Scott. Yeah, they I, shut opinion, Yeah, she, she, fi- she finished um, 18, 18 points but on 19 shots, which is obviously not very efficient. Um, but I, I think First the – First half, she had four. Yeah, she was – and that, I've said it, like, players that talented, they're always poised. They're going to catch fire at some point. You've got to contain them. Um, so I think to talk about tonight's game, I think it's going to come down. Can, can they, uh, you know, contain Brianna Scotch? And, and as I've said, in my opinion, she's one of the better, best players in the Big Twelve. And I think that with our, with the backcourt of Madison Smith and JJ Quinterly, defensively, I think they'll be fine. I think um, we, the Mountaineers have to do a better job of getting out to that fast start because you know we, uh, we saw the Texas game wasn't right. we're trying to just put that one behind us, but behind Mount, Mountaineers or whatnot. But um, I think stopping Bramber Scott is going to be key to winning this game tonight. Yeah, and then the other thing, too, that is very, very good to see is the fact that we thought that Jayla Hemingway was going to be hurt mm-hmm. way more than what it ended up being. Uh, same with Kylie Blackson. They both played in the last game. Again, it's a throwaway game. But getting healthy right now and getting hot right now are the two most important things, and they may be doing that. Um and that's a good thing right now uh, as far as the conference standings go, too. They're faring fairly well. They're in the top half of the conference at 7-7. Seven and seven. Today, I think if it started, they would play Baylor, if my math is correct there. It's either – it might be Oklahoma State. It's either Oklahoma State or Baylor. Uh, Baylor they have a bye, right? They would have a bye, too. So they would play on the second day um, and, and all of that that goes with that, which is a very, very good thing in my opinion. Um, and, and really speaks to this coaching staff. But, Zach, what have you seen out of this team uh, as of late that is positive or negative, either way? I mean, going back to the injuries for a second on Jayla Hemingway and Kylie Blackston, th- those injuries, um, it's, it's great that they're back. Um, but shorthanded, the Mountaineers beat Kansas at home, uh, and, and I think that was a really, what's the word, indicative win of what the Mountaineers can do in conference play, especially with a little more of a favorable schedule coming up. I mean, you're playing Kansas State and Texas Tech tonight, like we've said, and those are two teams that are below you in the standings, as well as Baylor, who is tied with the same record. So 
uh, definitely a favorable schedule for the Mountaineers. And looking towards bracketology, they've surged into that last four-in spot. And, I mean, they're alongside a really good program, Mississippi State, in the last four-in spot. So that really surprised me to see them there. But um, both those teams, uh, or sorry, just West Virginia, is surging at the right time. Yeah, I, I agree with you there. Yeah, and I think when it comes to the men's and the women's team, the women have a much better chance there. I mean, you get Kansas State at home, Oklahoma State at home, um, you know, two winnable games there. And then, like you said, their seed in the Big 12 being able to be 500 right now gives them another winnable game or two to maybe pull off in the Big 12. And, I mean, this is like, you can talk, like, if they miss the tournament, I'm sure it'll be a disappointing thing, but. I mean, you know, coach. They could go compete in the NIT too. They need, they're, they're yes. trying to gain experience. They're they're a fairly young team outside of Madison Smith and Danny and Sarah. Yeah, and the NIT is great for programs like West Virginia, who um, you know have to fight the transfer portal, have to you know have a have a new coach, and being able to get a couple wins in the NIT, you know, get kind of get that spotlight a little bit, have and, that in their home games. Yeah, yeah, and. Yeah, because the NIT is right. yeah. So that would that would be great for the Mountaineers, even if they don't make the tournament. Obviously, a tournament appearance you can use, um, and and Coach P's first year that would yeah, be she's got amazing. Two, two top one hundred recruits already for next year as well, um, and, and so I mean things are really really trending well right now. And to be able to make the tournament in the first year would just be awesome. Yeah, but like you talk about, even with the NIT, like you win a couple games in the NIT, you compete, maybe you get to the a Final Four in the NIT, a championship game in the uh, NIT. That that motivates players like JJ Quinterly, uh, players that you know you have to question: Do they stick around? No, that was a question last off season. She stayed. You know, that'll definitely be a question around her again this season because you. I mean, that's I'm just sure. the nature of college sports. Yeah, and I mean, yeah. and so being able to get a little bit of of a taste with that with Coach P and with this team and being like, all right, like. We were able to do this in the NIT. Like, imagine if you stick around and do these type of things next year. Like, look at what we're building here. Um, like, you can pitch that, and that's like that's how you build a program. That's how you build a brand. Being able to make runs like that. So, for Coach P to do this in her first year to go 500 in the Big 12, which, like the men's, is no pushover, uh, night in and night out. It, I mean, it, that's a big deal. Uh, you only have one team in the Big 12 that's under 500, and that's TCU. So, right overall, yeah, yeah, and and seven and seven in the conference like that's that's a phenomenal phenomenal feat for coach p and this team and i'm excited to see what they can do because i mean i don't think anybody wants to get matched up with jj quinter and madison smith come the ncaa tournament no and and almost every single coach that has come in here has said similar rhetoric towards that And, and when you think about this texas team yeah they went and got blown out in austin this Texas team that hired vic schaefer three years ago and they've made two straight elite eights so it's one of the top programs in college basketball that nobody really thinks about as far as, you know, you think South Carolina, you think UConn, Stanford, Stanford right? But Texas is right there with them. And so you got to respect that a little bit. I mean, it is a very good basketball team they played, one that they could have beaten here at the Coliseum, a place where they've been more than phenomenal this season, only two losses at home this year, uh, and one of those is to that Texas team. So, Luke, give me something really quick before we hit this break and start the sports page. I think by the time, you know, tournament play comes around, I and I really – I'm kind of pessimistic on this, and I love this women's team. I love watching them so much. But I think that they need to get way more consistent in terms of their scoring – Way too often, they go on some a lot of scoring droughts, and you know they're shooting and 
scoring percentages come mostly off of Maddie and Quinn. Yeah. And I think that... I've never heard her be called Quinn. Quinn. Well, yeah. you ju- you just did. <laughs> How about that? So, I yeah, I just think that... I mean, I think we've seen some really good stuff from, from Blackston. I would love to see her step in more. Hemingway has been pretty solid at times. But whenever... It really feels like whenever you don't have Smith and Quinterly going, then it all kind of falls apart. And that's where I'm that's where I'm excited to watch to see what coach P does cuz we're seeing her defensive mind play an impact immediately yeah. in creating one of the best defenses. So now she can she knows that she has those players to do that. So now she can focus this offseason more on all right, we're going to keep those same habits on defense, but now let's try to develop more yeah. like an offensive style. Let's get a little bit better on that end of the court. Bring in some girls that can help with that. It, it could put together a really good team. Isis Bay is going to also help this team, I think, down the final mm-hmm. stretch. We saw she played 20 minutes last game until she fouled out, but I think last couple games of the season she's going to have a big role in this team. Yeah, I, I agree. And, and Isis Bay is the player we've called for to get more playing time. Um, and, and so I think that, you know, all it takes is getting hot at the right time. We said it for the men, same thing for the women. They got Texas Tech tonight, then they're home for the next two before they go down to Waco. And again, at the Coliseum, 11-2 and two this season. If you love watching defensive basketball, go out and see this team while they're here uh, because it is fun. And, and more and more fans have been in the stands, and you love to see it because this is really good basketball that's being played. It is. Yeah, well put. Well put, man. All right, we'll hit a break here. Luke Blaine is going to teach us how to fold an origami rose. <laughs> we come back at Sports Night right here on U92. What's poppin', 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 everybody? I'm, Body, I'm, I'm Brian. I'm Brian. This is Hoopin' with Hoopin' with Brian. Brian Sports Podcast. Podcast. Where we talk, we talk everything, everything of hoops, inside, giving our own opinion about the basketball world. We're out in the arms as we know. And along with that, make sure you subscribe to our socials. Our socials. Uh, on YouTube, uh, on YouTube we're at Hoopin' Mike and Brian. Mike and Brian. Instagram, Instagram, we're at Hoopin.mb. On TikTok, TikTok, we're also at Hoopin.mb. And on Twitter, we're at underscore MB. Keep hoopin', keep hoopin'. You like sports. You like sports. How about a new, How about a new perspective? perspective? It's the sport it's in, the your, sport pod. in your podcast. Myself, you myself, you know it's the right Taylor Labor. My good friend, my good friend, Stay. We talk about everything. We talk about everything. The NHL, the NHL, the college basketball, basketball, and whatever, whatever we have for you, have for you this. It's the Spartan Sparta cross between East Lansing and Morgan. And Morgan. Roots and Roots and Columbus. Join us week. Join us week. Gus and Lance. Well, what's happening? Find it. Find it for podcast podcast by searching by Spartan Near. Spartan Near. Or Spartan Near. Spartan Near. It's Sarah Bates. Sarah Bates. Two seconds on the shot clock. Throw one up. Throw one up. It's the Remichi. Remichi hits. Sarah. Sarah Bates from from deep. U92, U92, the home of West Virginia, home of West Virginia basketball, basketball, right here, right here on 91.7. 91.7. With pregame, with pregame, halftime, post game analysis, every mountain, every mountain here home matchup. She gets a screen, gets a screen for Watson, over in the open quarter, open quarter, 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 Join the sports, Join the sports staff, staff all the coverage, all the coverage on here on 91.7. Have you been missing, have you been missing out, out on sports quality sports content? content? Don't look any, don't look any further, further here, at, right here at United. Wednesday night, Wednesday night, sports, sports. You know the defense, you know the defense, time to get a lack of days. That's a big word, Yeah, I don't know how to smell it. You know what that means? You know what that means? Lack of days? I don't even know what it sounded right. It sounded right. Yeah. Maybe. 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 Don't worry. Don't worry. Podcast. 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 Podc
Say, 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 say.